Hey guys, this is Justin. Hope you're well. I decided to combine our two most recent podcast episodes on The Bad Batch instead of releasing them independently. This will be for episodes 8 and 9. I'm not sure what our plans are for 10 and 11 because I'm currently mid-move, but if that gets done, I will also upload an episode for that ASAP. Episode timestamps down in the description, so if you want to watch one or both, well, pretty simple. Let's roll it. Hello and welcome to Tap Calf Transmissions. I am Corey, joined as always by Justin. How are you doing tonight, Eckhart's Ladder? I usually do that in reverse, but whatever. I was uh, better before you started jerking me around here, restarting the stream, leaving me to my own. Last week, I I started, I I had it just scheduled the stream directly through StreamYard, and that changed the the stream key. So then it it also changed the vibes. Yeah, well, that happens also just when Vic's here. So I think that was the bigger thing. Yeah. But tonight we have two big topics for everyone. We have, of course, the Bad Batch episode eight. And yesterday there was a little trailer for a show called Star Wars colon D colon Acolyte. Uh, so our first. What are they doing to my colon? Of uh, an act, and it's like a light. And it where are they putting that light? In, the, in your colon, light, you just said. Been funnier. Yeah. yeah. No. Okay. Well, we'll we'll workshop that. We'll workshop mm-hmm. that. Uh, but. I don't know. Is there any other Star Wars news to maybe talk about? We we had our Battlefront stream last week after the podcast, and it was it was not, not great. great. Um, sorry, I, um, my, I'm just trying to fix something for some reason. I'm getting beefs on my computer. Yeah, that was uh, that's been not great. I refunded the game. Uh, you did too, if I uh, I believe correctly. Yeah, I did. Yeah, so I did. that's uh, not ideal. Uh, but I, I was wondering, this kind of got me on the topic, like part of the reason why the Battlefront stuff is so egregious, in my opinion, is because we have a version of Battlefront that works just fine, um, the, at least on PC. I know the consoles, this was a bit a bigger of a deal, but, um, you know, I believe if they're going to continue remaking or sorry, re-releasing Star Wars games, even if they're not remastered, and I certainly hope they do, uh, they should focus you can agree or disagree on uh, games which are not easily available. Thanks for the permission, by the way. Yeah, you're welcome. You won't be you won't be yelled at afterwards for this one. But they should, uh, in my opinion, they should focus on. And I don't think this is controversial. Games which are not easily available, like the Clone Wars game uh, for that released with on Xbox or Rogue Squadron one or two. Uh, so I'm curious whether you agree with that and which game you would like to see uh, remastered. I mean, I agree in principle for like selfish reasons, because like if I'm going back and I want to play the Clone Wars or something, there's not really an easy way to do that. Yeah. Like even Renegade Squadron and Elite Squadron are games that are kind of like, I don't know that you can really get a good way to play that. Yeah. Even illegally, they don't emulate well. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, you mean legally when you're just making a backup of the games. Oh, when I'm playing my backup. Yeah. 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 No, you know what? Fuck Nintendo. I, I never owned that shit. I never even owned a GameCube. I still, I still downloaded all GameCube games dot torrent from the Pirate Bay. <laughs> you know, I used to think I was like an Xbox guy, but then I realized I, I think I've owned every Nintendo console except Super Nintendo. So even Wii U, and like no one had a Wii U. You a Virtual Boy? No, I didn't have that one. I didn't have a I didn't have a DS either, so I guess not every console. Oh, the DS is one of the best ones. Yeah, but that was like I, I was gonna get one when I moved for university, 
because I was really thinking that Nintendogs would be fun. It was. I, I didn't have the money for it. I was too poor at that point. Then I never came around for it. But uh, but I, I think like the Clone Wars is probably a, a good one because I think that's kind of a a game that I remember being really fun that I don't know if as many people have been able to play just because it's not as out there. But nope. if if you take away the uh, the technical issues, like I can see, like there there's clearly demand for the classic collection, the Battlefront classic collection for like Kotor, which is also a game that's relatively easy to get uh, working compared to other Star Wars games. At least it's not the most stable, but it's at least probably better than the real <laughs> re-release. But I don't know. It's just, I, I don't know really what this was supposed to offer. Yeah. So for me, the answer, I want to see TIE Fighter um, brought up. Uh, TIE Fighter X-Wing, X-Wing Alliance uh, with native mouse support and modern joyce- joystick support and an option to maybe s- s- uh, sim through certain uh, pre-mission aspects. But that would be one for me. Um I never got to play the second Star Wars Racer game either, so I'd like to play that one. Um, yeah, those are those are two kind of big ones for me. We're primed for another Star Wars racing game. I think that would be why. Why don't we have that? Just everything, really. Why don't we have every genre filled with some kind of Star Wars slop that we can just slurp down? That's that's. Yeah. My- like I, I mean, good matchmaking is also, I suppose, part of what you'd want out of a re-release like this. I so I'm more forgiving of technical issues with servers, which it seems like a lot of those are out of the way. But I, I'm I already am famously not starting from the most generous position with Battlefront, so yeah. It's fine. Although you now discovered you like the second game more. Yeah, I I was holding out on the whole Battlefront one was better, which I think relative to what was coming out at the time, it might have been. But I think the second game probably is better. But we'll see. I might yeah. buy it and do some community games and we'll see what happens. But if people really want that. Mm-hmm. And especially if things are working now properly, but there's also the whole... Uh, They're going to shed the population. Yeah, even uh, Battlefront 2 too has more. Yeah. I mean, they were going to lose the population anyway. Yeah. Um, because it, it was something that, like, I like I saw the pretty big Steam numbers for, like, the game it was. And, like, even if it was perfect, it was only going to last for a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I, I think we might have got a few weekends out of it, at least, had they not uh, fumbled the fumbled yeah. the uh, the launch. It's not nothing, but it's also, I think it's about tied with the, like, prior Battlefront 2 Steam release, right? I'm not sure. I, I, I Battlefront Two though, the other one was played largely on Origin because they were freaking giving the game away for free. No, I mean like the the prior like Battlefront Two. Oh really? It got that bad. I think that's oh. where it's at right now. Not uh, ideal. Because I I don't know if that's like just modding that's uh, making people stay on that one or what, but or if the server issues were really that much of a factor okay let's see if i search battlefront 2 yeah battlefront 2 classic current players is 837 uh if i just search battlefront classic collection yeah this should have them all show up yeah 
Okay, it's not it's not showing. Okay, eight forty seven for the classic collection right now. Those for really Battlefront cool. Two classic, like the prior release, it's also eight thirty seven. This is weird. I don't know that, if I trust these. That numbers. can't be right. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Either way, it's uh, it seems pretty close. Um, and it's just it's it's a little disappointing. And there's also the other aspect of the. Uh, Obviously, there was a, kind of a second controversy with the the modding stuff. Do you want to talk about that? Since you're kind of the the mod guy. Oh, I see the numbers here. It's a uh, eight. Oh yeah, I see eight thirty seven as well. For which one? Oh, for the classic collection, it's saying zero. From oh eight four. Yeah, it's saying eight forty seven and eight thirty seven. I guess it could be right. Yeah, and then it's uh because one is just Battlefront two as well. So yes, Battlefront one classic would go on top of that. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so the content. other thing was the original release on Xbox had extra content, including Asajj Ventress and Kid Fisto, and those are available in all the versions now in this re-release. Uh, but it turned out that those were being made with uh, assets, like modded assets, where people had done mods porting them into the other versions of the game. Uh, this had come up during development because in the trailer, people noticed. I think the modder who did it was named I Am Shaman. Yeah. Uh, and... So they contacted Aspire, and Aspire said that was just in the the trailer. The final release won't have any modern. It also got a lot of attention from IGN put an article out as well. Yeah. Got a lot of attention. Uh, yeah, so the, the expectation was that this was gone. Why they were using the modded assets for that in the first place when there were, like, different bugs, they should have had access to the original files for that, uh, it is beyond me. And it seems like there was a second studio involved that was doing some of the work under Aspire that was yeah. responsible for this particular issue. Uh, but at the same time, like, it's very weird. Uh, but then so, the release comes out and it's still in some of them. And yeah. Yeah. So I, I talked to I Am Shaman about this and um, they said a few things. For one, it, like, there was, um, it was kind of a mix in how it was discovered. For one, there were like certain visual tells that it wasn't the, initial release it was the uh or the actual xbox version which has now the the games have been patched by the way so it, it is fixed in a way um but they also did decompile the uh the switch game and they found like their actual assets in there um but yeah another thing i learned is that uh, it seems like aspire did very very little work on the actual um the actual port and it seems mm -hmm. like i'm trying to find the name of the company it like, seems like it was dragons most dragons like yeah it okay. seems like it was mostly dragons like um which 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 did pretty much everything i guess yeah so like i maybe they were all just too busy making kotor but like the yeah. there was a lot about this where technically when you do release mods for these LucasArts games, you are there's an EULA in there, and it says like you don't need permission to release your mods, but you have to be within their copyright rules. And technically, if they wanted to, they can come and use all of your shit if they if they chose to. So that's never really been tested in court. How well that would hold up is questionable, but it is a thing you agree to. So no one's saying that Aspire, like regardless of what the legal reality of that would be. Modders are generally very okay with that if they're approached and then it's not lied about. The problem yeah. here was Aspire saying that wasn't what was happening, saying it wasn't going to happen, and then doing it anyways. And like it, it's like we with Empire War Expanded and with Ascendancy have worked with Petroglyph 
the developers of Empire at War, with uh, Stardock, the developers of Sins, and they're very, very communicative with modders. So we've been involved in making like patches and testing patches. They've asked us for our feedback and stuff. And there are legal limits on how much they can say we're involved, how much they're able to take from us, how much they're able to like loop us into things. But like the, the very basic reality is that there is nothing stopping them from being honest about this. And that's where it's disappointing. Yeah. Um, so Shaman said something that I, I think you will probably um, agree with. They said, um, for one, they said the modding community as a whole for Battlefront 2. And you got to remember, these are long, these games have, these are 20 year old games. These have been out for a long time. The communities are very, very well established. And anybody who's really still involved at this point is probably, you know, a pretty serious community member. Um, they said the modding community is actually kind of, is actually kind of already in denial over the existence and there is no intentions of supporting it. Not after this release, which is a real shame because a lot of them were hoping to patch and fix uh, elements of the, the mod. Um, and they say, too, had Aspire con contracted or contracted a couple of us modders, things would have gone so much smoother. You cannot replace 20 years of experience with a game engine and a ran uh, 20 years of experience with a game and a game engine with a random support studio. And that's true. These people have been tinkering with the game for 20 years. Um, you know, I'm sure if if uh, there was ever going to be, you know, Empire War 2, and maybe it would be smart to talk to the Empire War modders, or if they were ever going to do like an Empire War uh, re-release, or which I, I highly doubt, they they, they might want to talk to the modders and be like, hey, what what's the, you know, main issue that you guys are running into on a routine basis, given that you've worked with the game for 18 years or whatever? Yeah, I feel like it's useful information to be able to loop them in. I don't know that I'd go as far as him in saying like, uh, they should be necessarily directly involved or contracted yeah, in because like there there's a lot of extra layers to that that are just not worth really getting into. But, but yeah, uh, it's really like they yeah. they they could have been free to use this stuff if that is the direction they wanted to go, and clearly that is the direction they chose to go. Uh, at least one of the studios, and so at that point then just be honest about it. But if they've addressed it now, then great. Uh, but it's still. What's insane, though, is like, is the mod only like just to reiterate what Corey said at the beginning, all the mod really does is bring to Steam something that was already on Xbox. Yeah. Um, and the way that I understand it is that initially they basically were trying to emulate the Xbox experience as close as possible on PC. They did this by um, you know, what you see in like a lot of modding for for games like Battlefront, where they'll take heroes and put different skins on them and mix up some of the move sets, so you kind of make like a Frankenstein uh, character. And then I guess at some point, Pandemic actually gave the community um, the, the 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 actual files for like the animations and stuff, mm -hmm. like after the game was like after it was out and they were no longer working anymore. They gave the community the files. So later versions of the mod were actually like the PC version essentially had the Xbox content accurate to the Xbox content, but Aspire used an early version of the mod. Yeah. Which is why all these issues were like they could spot it right away. Which really makes me wonder where they're getting some of the source assets for creating yeah, some of this. But 
But yeah, so I mean, we've been on this for a while. We talked about it a while last week, so we'll should probably sure. just move on to uh, to. Do you want to do Acolyte or Bad Batch first? Let's do um, let's do Acolyte first. Well, I mean, Acolyte. The trailer came out. We had uh, a good chunk of footage that we'd technically seen before from Celebration, but also some new stuff. Uh, I have since the initial show announcements, since we had like the little blurbs about them, I've kind of had Acolytes of the show. I was second most excited about after Andor, uh, cause I like the idea of like a kind of, kind of mystery show, a bit of a darker one. Uh, even if the trailer hasn't been like super dark, I guess. Uh, mm. but I'm still really looking forward to it. I liked what we saw in the trailer. I'm looking forward to more of that. So uh, as, has it slipped? Has it stayed the same? Is it higher? What like what do you think? I think it's like still in, in the running for for number two. I mean, I don't know what would really be its main competition. Where like early Mandalorian, maybe like season one and two, I really enjoyed. I thought Book of Boba Fett was good. Uh, I thought Kenobi was okay. Enjoyed Ahsoka, but like I feel like as long as it kind of gets somewhere near my initial expectations, it should mm. still stay the same. I don't think anything has come out and like really jumped up the rankings from where I thought it would be. It's kind of where it, it stands for me right now. I guess I'm already exhausted by the show. Not in, in no way that's the show's fault. Like mm -hmm. I go onto the official trailer. It's got 140,000 likes, 190,000 dislikes. Like, come on. Yeah. It, like it's just, it's clearly being brigaded and probably for 190,000 bot, or 190,000 190, dislikes, that to me screams probably bots. But like, yeah. yeah, there are people who take issue with the trailer. I get that. I like for me, it didn't show anything egregious enough to deserve um, yeah. being disliked like that. Like there were elements that I was like pretty hype about. There were elements that I was more like visually on, on bits. I'm a little mixed. Um, where like some of the directing, I guess, seems a little like a Disney plus star Wars show. And I mean that kind of in a yeah. derogatory way. Um, but like overall, I thought it was good and there are compelling aspects, but I can just tell this is going to be annoying. Yeah. They're like, there was nothing that I thought looked visually off in a way that I hadn't already seen in Ahsoka or book of yeah. Boba Fett, especially. So why that would get to like a 50, 50 like to dislike ratio just from, Oh, maybe some people don't like the show. Like I don't, I don't believe that. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, yeah, again, when we haven't actually seen the show itself yet, like there's the, the discourse around the show for the last year has been exhausting and yeah. it's only getting worse. And then seeing people who are supposed to know better about like basic Star Wars facts, finding every possible reason to be upset with the story beforehand, like all the stuff with the Sith of like, oh, well, uh, if there's a red lightsaber, that somehow must mean it and there's Sith and now everyone has to die. Like, no, that's not what any of that means. What? Yeah. Did none of you watch the Phantom Menace? They Did were none wrong of you about watched the system not being around. <laughs> literally, the last Star Wars show that came out and the last major video game had dark side characters using red lightsabers who were explicitly not Sith, and that that's ignoring the fact that probably the most famous new Disney Star Wars character, Kylo Ren, uses a red lightsaber and is not a Sith. Yeah, the Clone so. Wars is full of characters using red lightsabers who aren't Sith. Everything has a bunch of lightsaber using people, especially now in new canon where like the inquisitors kind of the way that goes. Yeah, like it's not this red equals Sith, it's red equals Bled Kyber. So you're probably on the dark side in some way. 
but like the when when the when the scene happens in Phantom Menace after fighting Darth Maul and Qui-Gon says my only conclusion is that it was a Sith it it's not like he, it seems unlikely that the way he said that was like oh he had a right a red lightsaber therefore it seems no he's it's specifically because of like the training he he says as much he's like he knew the Jedi arts like it's cuz yeah. it was like a vibes thing yeah like the the first off, like, yeah, the, the council was wrong. The Sith weren't actually extinct. We already know that's the plot of the movies that the Sith were in the background. And we also don't know, first off, that the Sith will be directly in conflict with the Jedi here. Uh, we don't know who's using a red lightsaber, what their background is. Uh, and part of the uh, part of the stories that have been around the prequels in the last forever, since the prequels came out, because it was kind of the point, was that the, there's a little bit of willful blindness on the Jedi's part about uh, like the Sith can't possibly be around and there's a bit of turning a blind eye to them and just the way that they deal with the uh, with the dark side and how people in the order might be going to the dark side is bad like Count Dooku in episode two there was denial about that as well like it they don't have the best track record at this point and Yoda has to learn about the rule of two existing somehow yeah I mean, we don't even really know. It, it could be that the rule of two is a thing that the Sith Possibly. had before. Um, like, I I tend to believe that, from my understanding, I could be wrong with this. I think kind of the general, maybe not like the specifics of like Rusan and whatnot, but it was my impression that like what we got in Darth Bane about like the rule of two was kind of George Lucas uh, material, like where they disappeared and went into hiding that way, but I, I could be wrong about that. Um, but um, what was I say? What was I going to say? Um, yeah. Like there's, there's a lot of wiggle room. And like, the thing is we haven't seen the fucking show yet. I'm pretty sure everybody who had, who was like involved with approving this show. And uh, I know the, there was a big thing about one of the writers, not having seen star Wars before, which is probably an interesting thing. Like I feel like people have probably seen the Phantom Menace and they're probably aware of that line existing. It's yeah. kind of consequential. So I yeah. don't think they just forgot about it. Yeah, and it's not like if you read Darth Plagueis, like these characters were out there doing things. Like it's not Yeah. Uh, it, it seems like Helen probably did read Darth Plagueis because she seems like a relatively mm. higher on the scale of being into the expanded universe there. She was talking about how there's gonna be a species canonized that had never been uh, canonized yet uh, oh, a lot of people have kind of jumped to that being boffins but boffins were already canon they've just never been shown yeah i mean canonize their appearance i guess but yeah but like i don't know like maybe hmm. maybe they're doing that but i i'm obviously thinking bear bells of course because why not are bear bells not canon i don't know isn't, ever... yeah isn't that isn't there a bear bell jedi in the high republic maybe are you thinking of buckets of blood I thought they were a train or something. Oh, they're in canon. Oh, yeah, yeah, bear balls are in canon. There was um, yeah, 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 yeah. There is one. You're right. You're right. It even has a name. It's like it's like I can't I can't remember the name. But... Can it be Squibs hmm. then? Squibs would be good. <laughs> I'm trying to think, like, what would be so? I'm trying to think. I'm trying to like think back to like Sith species or Sith. Is it the Sith species? Does the Sith species exist in canon yet? I don't know. I don't think it would be that. That would be 
a little much for yeah, I don't know. Um, I guess we'll see. Maybe it is Bear, or maybe it is Bothans, and I'm just reading it wrong. But I mean, someone's got to bring in the Bothans. Someone has to do that. Yeah, um, I thought it would be Andor, but I, I know the the Bothan thing is the se- the second Death Star. But Bothans were like the big infiltrators and the spies, so yeah. maybe season two we'll get some of them. Um, what was I gonna say? Uh, yeah, so. I think my kind of guess for what's going to happen in the show based on the trailer is that the true Sith behind the shadows, whether it is Plagueis or, I mean, based on the timeline, which I think we got to talk about, we've heard it's about a hundred years. Um, yeah. But Vernestra Rowe, that would put her at like a hundred herself. Yeah. Uh, Cause she was born to 30. So we don't really know how they age, um, how our species ages. Because uh, they all die or get imprisoned uh, relatively young, but um, so she's either a hundred or the timeline was fudged a little bit. Uh, like like it was just I, I think it was just kind of in a, a like an offhand statement that it was about a hundred years before the Phantom Menace could be one hundred and fifty, which I think would probably work for her age a little bit better. But whether we see like I assume we are going to see the Sith of the era, whether it's Plagueis or um. Plagueis's master, who in canon I don't think we know their name yet, or you know even a Sith before that. Who knows, really? Yeah, like I think the way it is going to go is that by the end of the show, the audience knows that this is part of something to do with the Sith. Yes. But the Jedi don't. They just know there's a dark Jedi that they killed. Or yes, I, I like. I think I agree. I think that they're going to think the threat was the dark Jedi, the acolyte. Um, whatever, when in reality they were kind of just the tools of the Sith. And I don't think that yeah. the, the audience will ever kind of figure that out. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so like I that's I think that goes with the theme of like the whole mystery thing and uh yeah, so and exploring like some of the Jedi's uh blindness to these these issues. But uh yeah, anything else you want to say about the Acolyte trailer before we Going to the bad batch. I, I was somewhat surprised. I mean, I guess less so with the trailer, but more just in general, how much they are. Because I remember saying, and I, I was wrong on this, that it's going to be High Republican name only. But uh, they're clearly, you know, buying into the aesthetics. They've got character crossovers. Um, so I do think we are going to see, like, obviously, I like the way I think of the High Republic Jedi is somewhat naive, and in a good way in a negative way like obviously you know the in this we're probably going to see them missing a major threat and the jedi have degraded a bit by the time of the the phantom menace um but they're also like very hopeful you know they, they get their ceremonial robes on whenever they can uh so i do think we are going to see something happen that that kind of shifts them towards where they end up and eventually almost extinct yeah, like this is also a Jedi Order where like there's a lot of living members who have some memories of the nameless and all the stuff that's going on there with the with the Nile. So they're I do think they're kind of in the like the like you're saying the naive side of them. They, they kind of the High Republic Jedi to me almost seem like the the stereotypical paladin class in D D, where you think they're kind of just I was thinking like youth camp pastor. <laughs> okay but yeah i think stereotypical paladin kind of captures the same idea yeah yeah like, 
we know that Vernestra is going to be there. Uh, we see her twice in the trailer, opening the door and also staying at the back of the room with all the Padawans getting taught. It reminded me of like the uh, George Bush 9-11 second tower thing where like she's coming with like difficult news and like mm-hmm. she's got to tell him in front of the kids and he can't react. Well, he's just asking the kids what they're seeing, one of them seeing fire. It's not. Yeah, like that kid's got no chill. That kid's out. You're like <laughs> get him in the agricultural core. Yeah, that's how that's how you end up with uh, the the whole acolyte situation. They're just kicking everyone out. That's a little bit, a, a little, little bit, bit on the dark side. Yeah, maybe maybe they'll learn by the end of it to accept all these kids and not be mean to Anakin. Maybe. Then they'll really retcon the Phantom Menace, where Yoda just walks up and gives Anakin a hug at the in the post credit scene in the last acolyte episode. Yeah, Yoda, Anakin's being bullied by like the kids on Tatooine, and one of them, one of the young Jedi, walks up and goes, "Hey, stop, stop that! <laughs> stop that!" I hope that Yariel Poof has a has a starring role in this. That's my yeah. main my main hope for this. Opa Rancestus and Yariel Poof or Poof buddy cop show is what should happen there. Yeah, Yoda's just still missing on submission. It does seem like this is going to be the next multi season show. Uh, mm-hmm. For the franchise, because a lot of them have been the like one-off things. We've got Ahsoka that's getting another season now, and we have uh, Andor Light getting another season. Well, Andor is going to be done after this. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So we've remember least... Andor was supposed to be like six seasons or something crazy. At like point. three episodes each, though. Oh, was that what it was? Okay. I think it was much shorter seasons, and then that turned into like let's just do the two with more. Yeah, I think. Okay. Well, I, I like would season two has a lot of time jumps, right? So I think that had yeah. something to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because we've talked about how a lot of the shows that have been announced are already out or they're going to be out soon. So at least that means like we know Ahsoka is going to be probably next year or year after. And Acolyte as well will be coming down there. Because what else is left live action show wise after this year? Just those two that I can Skeleton think of. Well, Skeleton Crew and Acolyte are coming out this year. And oh, you mean it? Yeah, yeah. Um, then, is there a Mandalorian well, season between the movie and now, or is it? We just don't really movie? know. Like, I, we don't know for sure. Um, there's supposed to be the the supposed Lando show as well. well this is a movie now. Yeah, so I think that might be it for shows. Yeah, they might just be going heavier into the animation as their kind of big show. I think that makes sense. I like I think for me, ideally, um there would be an animated show going, like we've got with the bad match, a live action show going, uh even if it's off season from the animated show, and then at least a movie on the horizon plus games. Um because I do think I I I don't think I'm gonna surprise anybody when I say, yeah, they went overboard with the amount of shows. More so with Marvel than with Star Wars, I would say, where it was like, mm-hmm. it was like fucking Doctor Strange's like medical school buddies had like a show, or like, I mean, Agatha the Witch or whatever the fuck her name was, like give her a show. They have, they've kind of always had more shows and movies with Marvel compared to Star Wars. Yeah, they have. Yeah, they have still like two or three movies a year, and now I'm behind on that. I actually don't know when the last Marvel movie was. I think that hasn't happened. Guardians of the Galaxy 3, maybe. Or, no, it was the uh, the Marvels, I think. Oh, right, that just came out, too. 
that Ant-Man one didn't do very well. Yeah. Yeah. That one it, that one and there was Ant-Man. I like the source material for all three of the characters that are kind of in the Marvel. So yeah, I liked I, I never I, I still haven't seen Captain Marvel yet. Um I think that's Dana's like, favorite of the Marvel movies. Uh, wow, woke. <laughs> um I I liked um what Miss was Marvel? the girl the little girl? Was that Miss Marvel? It was just Miss Marvel. Well, she's yeah. a teenager. Yeah, I liked I liked that show up until a point. And then what was the other one? Who's the other person in it? Uh well, she's just the other friend in the in the Marvels. But I don't she's also I she's she's in like a lot of she's kind of a side character in some of the other later phase stuff. Mm-hmm. But Rambo. I'll be curious to see whether uh be curious to see whether Marvel can 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 pull it can you know turn it around. Yeah, I mean, I think I got Deadpool. I think is going to be a really big movie. That's like their next yeah. big one. Uh, and even that one, I don't know if that counts because it they are kind of like piggybacking off of just Ryan Reynolds. Um, and then the, the Captain America comes out. The new Captain America comes out next year, and to me, that will be a big one because it's like not only is Captain America supposed to be one of their their big series, but it's also Captain America um, with uh, what's his name, um, Anthony Mackie, rather. Yeah. yeah. So it's like well, you got to buy into the new the new the new Captain America. It's kind of crazy how they got around the controversy with uh, how they're casting Kang by instead of having Kang be the villain, they're all just going to fight Jonathan Majors. <laughs> He's assaulting another woman called Spider-Man. <laughs> Neither we shouldn't joke about this. But, uh, well, I think it's okay. I mean, it'd be nice if Star Wars games were also coming out, but I don't know that they are other than Outlaws. So... Well, Bitreactor seemed to pick up a lot of people from the Jedi crew, eh? Like, there's all yeah. the GDC talks happening, and the Bitreactor Twitter account is, uh, like, saying when those talks are happening, and they're all like, oh, watch our director of blah, blah, blah uh, talk about their work on Jedi Survivors. Like, holy shit, did you hire the whole fucking studio? But, yeah. So I'm still um... looking more and more forward to that. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for for both of those, and like you, you got to think because now like the games are wide now, right? Like anybody can make one if they accept the licensing, and I mean theoretically anyone can put in, and you know it's up to it's up to to, to Disney. But um, I I wish I wish Motive were making another Star Wars game, but they're they're under the I think they're doing the Iron Man game now. Um, yeah. Because that's yeah. So I I would have really liked to to get another. Because I know Ian is like I think I don't know if he's Ian Fraser was the director of the uh, Star Wars Squadrons and somebody we we played we played the game with him and I've I've kept personal friendship with him and I just think he really like he'll message me like sometimes like after a good or a shitty episode of The Mandalorian he's like wow that was awful or wow that was great and I almost always agree with him so I'd like if he were making games. Um, but for I hope uh, like the Iron Man game could be cool if they use some of the stuff they learned in Squadrons about flying. Yeah, I don't know. I think Squadrons did better than EA expected. Yeah, for sure. And I agree. So I could see it being a situation where they're willing to go back to that well, uh, mm-hmm. except for like as long as something changes with their current view of the license IPs or, or someone's willing to go back to that well with them. Or maybe like if Motive takes that success to 
Lucasfilm Games directly in a couple of years when Lucasfilm Games is able to do a bit more themselves, uh, like we kind of talked about with Vic last week. Yeah. But I, yeah. I'm still hoping by the time I'm dead, I get another another game like that. And I, I believe Squadrons is four years old almost. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. Like, I... I really want to revisit that and get some sort of like multiplayer thing going again for at least a bit. Cause it's, it, I bought I the fucking Thrustmaster for that. I have my VR helmet that I bought secondhand and then thought I was getting a better deal on because I didn't realize how much duty I'd had to pay. But I, it was, it was so good. So. Yeah. We were, so we're moving and we're like trying to just downsize a lot of junk. And it was like the HOTUS. And I, I looked at Kelsey's like, don't you fucking dare. <laughs> she tried. Yeah, she tried to get. She tried to toss it or probably sell it. What? What if you, there's like any other game that uses? Well, that's that. why I said no. Yeah, you, you can't to be that. fair, it's like it's after she had just packed up my PlayStation Five and my Steam Deck and my little <laughs> emulator thing and my Xbox. I have for some reason. So like, I, I get it. I got way too much shit. So. Yeah, but that just goes in your office. So yes. no one else's problem. Like That's what I want. I want to get a TV in my office too. You have just a nice empty space on that calyx behind you, the top yes. left one there, and that could easily fit a Hodus box. Well, what I want to do is I want to put so like I've got you know my consoles, and then I've got I also have like a Nintendo sixty four. Just so want to put one in each like little uh, cube, mm-hmm. and then maybe put some finished Lego sets in some of the other ones, and then put the TV on top because it's like perfect right. height. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, but I guess we should move on to the Bad Batch as people may be able to tell from how long we've been talking about everything else it's not an episode with the most to talk about Uh, we had the return of Fennec Shin it's basically a fetch quest where they are doing something for Fennec where Wrecker and Hunter go off with Fennec uh, to complete a bounty with a Jedi Fallen Order connection and then they do that to get in contact with one of Fennec's contacts. So, like, the I direct... think we know who that is, who their contact is going to be. Asajj Ventress. My thought is that, so I think the reason why we see Asajj hostile at the beginning is because the only thing Asajj knows is that they're looking for information on M count bounties. Yeah. So, I think she is going to be under the impression that they are bounty hunters trying to take out Jedi. Yeah, or maybe one specific Jedi, um, and maybe that's why she comes in so hot. Yeah, I could see that. I I kind of wish they hadn't put her in the trailer. I yeah. feel like that could have made this episode like the. So I usually dislike the term filler applied to this stuff because uh, like they're they're this does advance the plot, uh, but I don't think this has the same character building that a lot of the other like side quest episodes do. Uh, because like it doesn't really advance Fennec as a character. She's kind of playing her cards close to her chest. We already kind of had a lot of like it's not like Wrecker or Hunter get a lot of development on this journey. No, uh, I, like I completely, I'll, I'll be honest, I completely uh, zoned out during the during the Louisiana section. Yeah, but I I, I really enjoyed. Yeah, I really enjoyed the. Uh, I, I I think there was maybe a bit more character development. Um, well, no, I, I, it's nothing really new, but we got more of Crosshair um, kind of opening up. And, yeah, the Crosshair yeah. and Omega stuff was great, but it's not new. Um, 
Well, I think yeah, Crosshair made some big steps there. Like him meditating is a big deal. It's something that he's they're like holding hands to. Oh, no, yeah. I know. Re- I really, I really, really like that, and I almost wish they were confident enough just to, uh, just to have that be the episode. I, I get why, why not? But it was even the the action bits were a bit dark, so it was kind of. I don't know if it's just my monitor settings that were. No, I found it really see. dark as well. Uh, and I did enjoy the like connecting this to Jedi Fallen Order a little bit because. Uh, he was working for the Haxian Brood, and uh, you get the Ordo Era's name, Kahlo, but that's really just there for me. So uh, it's not—it's not like that really adds all that much to the episode. No. No. Um, yeah. So fine, but not not one of my favorites. Probably my. It's, I don't even want to say it was my least favorite episode of the season because I really did like the the stuff between Crosshair yeah. and Omega. But and like I like that um, at first it looked like it was going to be Hunter doing the whole you got to stay here for your own safety thing. And he did to a degree, but he also gave her, you know, purpose side quest of her own. Yeah. 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 Like I. I I just I think one of the things that makes it feel more disconnected is that they were doing the job entirely for Fennec. Yeah. uh, Where like it's just contact a bounty hunter to be able to contact another bounty hunter and then we'll do this again next week yeah uh, if they'd maybe gotten a little bit more information from her and we don't even know like what that's going to look like what they're actually getting out of it whether it's going to be ventures finding them for uh the reasons fennec is uh, is saying like she seems to be ratting them out a little bit which is very rude of her uh, uh did did fennec show up in anything else in the trailer or was, was this all the fennec shots we had we got the I'm cantina sure. and we got the the swamp. Yeah, I'm not sure actually. I I'm not I'm not positive. I have to I'd have to check again. I also thought one of the shots with Fennec, like on those, had the shot with like Crosshair's shoulder in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe I'm not sure. She wasn't there. I might be conflating a few things though. Yeah. Can I open that up? I don't know. We also we didn't get much of a chance to talk about last week's in depth either. If there's anything else you want to maybe loop in from that discussion too because like crosshair development is tied a lot to the uh to him being removed from that program um i honestly i don't don't know i think we got the vibes out is there anything in specific you anything specific you wanted to mention uh i i feel like the i just want to highlight the the fact that cody is probably in the program i don't know Oh yeah, yeah. That 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 is a good point worth talking about. Um, yeah, so, I, I obviously think it was it's Cody too. I'm a little annoyed by by it because like, uh, when I did a video talking about that, for some reason people thought I was saying that like, the one that was hunting them in that episode what had to be Cody or like the outside shot of like maybe text in the program instead of Cody. I think one of them has to be in it, but I don't think I think it is Cody that, that one that one specifically. Do you, I, I mean, maybe, but I don't think it has to be. Like, what I'm saying, I think Cody's probably in the program. I'm not saying because yeah. this guy is Cody. I just so, think, like, with setting up, like, oh, he went AWOL, this is a bigger connection to Crosshair story. Like, I, I think that isn't just, like, oh, how can we connect all these things? I think that is something the show has set up as a very likely possible. Mm-hmm. So, I, I guess, for me, the thing... Why why show him? Like, we've we already know they've got many of these clones, at least three. Uh, and presumably many more. Why show that one specifically surviving the fall at the end if he's not important? I guess. 
Well, I think he's still supposed to be set up as a kind of main antagonist clone for them to fight. Because, like, you're not fighting Hemlock as uh, as your big bad for any action sequences in the season. But, like, Scorch also does exist to fill that role. Unless Scorch is going to kind of turn tail on them as well. Yeah, so... it's just... Yeah. I don't, I don't think... I don't think the average fan cares very much about Scorch. Um, I mean, I don't care very much about Scorch. Um, well, I don't think it's like care much about him because of like he is this pre-existing character. I just think like you need someone who's being set up as an antagonist for them to actually fight against and know yeah. he's kind of the important guy in a fight yeah. sequence, which I think Scorch being around enough has kind of been enough to set him up that way. And he looks cool. Yeah, it, like it, it could be a like, it doesn't have to be Scorch. It could just be a different. If that wasn't Scorch and it was just a different clone commando named fucking Tinny who'd been in the background of all the seasons so far, I'd say the same thing. It's not just because it's Scorch per yeah. se. Yeah, I, I got you. That makes more yeah. sense. Yeah. Okay, is this his? Is this his, his shoulder there? I, maybe it's the. Maybe I'm thinking this scene with like we're Ventress doing forensic science right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's this. It's the thing with Ventress. It's not in the swamp. So never mind. Okay. So we we maybe we may be done with her. Yeah, that might be it for Fennec. But like, she's got more cameos and more things than basically anyone at this point. So. Yeah. Yeah. No one is really representing that. Yeah, I think it's been good too. Um, watch. She'll find her way in Tales of the Jedi next. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, she's got to be in the movie too, in the Mandalorian movie. So. I feel like um, she's going to be in the franchise quite a bit, and I really enjoy her. So, speaking of uh, of of female actresses in Star Wars that I enjoy, um, I heard um, I don't want to say her name wrong. Um, Diane Lee Inosanto. Um, she was uh, she was what's her name in the Mandalorian um, in Ahsoka the. Uh, why am I forgetting? Yeah, the witch. What's her name again, though? Um, what was uh, the witch's name? She was it Morgan Elizabeth. Right? Morgan Elizabeth. The oh right, yeah, Morgan Elizabeth. The magistrate is what I was thinking of. Yeah. Um So I, I, she actually gave a, a pretty cool interview on CBC. Also, fuck, I don't know if you listen to CBC a lot, but I can't fucking stand Tom Power. Holy shit! I don't um, drive, so I don't. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Um. Yeah, so so she played uh, she played Morgan Elsbeth. It was a really interesting interview. There were a few things that I took away. For one, uh, her father was um, a famous um, stuntman, and her uh, Dan in Santo or in Osanto, and it, Bruce Lee was her godfather, which was I thought was kind of interesting. Um, she also did not start acting really until she was older. Um, and it was she had more experience in martial arts, and that's partially why they got her for the role. Um, and she kind of ended up explaining a lot about like like it seemed pretty clear that she was going to be in um, both the Mandalorian when she was casted for, but also Ahsoka. And the way she described it is that the uh, Mandalorian episode that she appeared in, which featured Ahsoka, that itself was the test for whether the Ahsoka series would get made. And mm -hmm. I didn't know this, but George Lucas was actually on set that day. Yeah. Uh, helping with, and she said he was actually helping with directing. Um, oh, that's cool. Which is not something that I had heard before. Like, it's funny. She was like, uh, 
the way she described it, he was like, you see Seven Samurai? Do it more like that. <laughs> so Make your sword swing. Yeah. We need more lighting. Or less lighting. But, uh... <laughs> you know Kurosawa? <laughs> he makes mad films. He don't make um, films. But if I did, they'd have a samurai. I just make films for myself now. Um... Yeah, there's no use saying in chat there's also the, the Ventress actress saying that Ventress in Bad Batch is just a taste of what's to come. Uh, so that really just reinforces the idea that uh, Marin is, isn't going to make the live action leap. Yeah, well, or that Ventress will be a big part of the next animated show, which... Maybe. I don't know. For me, the animated shows are just, besides for Resistance, just really consistently enjoyable. Um, yeah. So, like, I would like there to be at all times a 16 episode season of an animated show on the go. I know that the Bad Batch is only 12, um, I believe, right? Or is it? Uh, Bad Batch is 16, isn't it? I think it's 15, maybe this year. It's actually. going until May, and it's still. Yeah, 15 cents, right? Yeah. So it's also just, it's also nice to just have something to talk about. Like the Clone Wars, you know, they had, they each season was like 22 to, I think, yeah, I think each season was 22 episodes besides for the final one. Um, and I guess seasons, yeah. But yeah, so that's what I would, that's what I would like. I said yeah, it before, I'll say it again. There's one more double week, and then everything else is single because it's 15. Speaking of double week, we are getting a double week for the uh, for the Acolyte as well. Yeah, we're opening up on June 4th, which is a Tuesday. So they're going back to the Ahsoka um, model for releases, which I preferred. I know not all Europeans do, but... Oh, I definitely preferred it as well. Because um, we got it earlier too, didn't we? Uh, for the screeners? No, like the... Weren't we getting it earlier in the night as well? Yeah, it was like 10 a.m. or 10 p.m. ish yeah. to 10 p.m. somewhere around there. I do and, wonder whether yeah. we're going to get the screeners because we missed out on well, me and you missed out on Bad Batch. Mm -hmm. So, and they're yeah, like normally. So normally, what happens uh, sometimes they'll do the screeners starting for the shows where you'll get like the first two episodes or three episodes a week in advance, and then you can like review those. And then either they'll give you the episodes again on their platform to do the reviews as they release, presumably for people who are doing reviews but don't have uh, a, a subscription to the service, or sometimes they'll still get more in advance. But for the Bad Batch, they haven't even uploaded them like as they're airing. Hmm. Not for us, anyway. Maybe the other yeah. people did. But I'm getting like I I'm getting like all the Marvel shit and everything else still. Like yeah, I, I got, I got X Men, yeah. which I'm I'm interested to, to, to watch. I was more of a fan of the Spider Man show back in the day, but the X Men one, uh, my uh, one of the local, one of our local MLAs, Lenore Zan or Zan, she plays. Um, Did she write the Star Wars books. No, shockingly, uh, she played um, oh, Rogue back in the day, okay. in the '90s, and she, then she had a career where she was an MLA, then an MP. And now she's playing Rogue again, which is <laughs> kind of funny. <laughs> Nothing. See, like that would blow my mind more if I didn't already know that fucking Steven Crowder played the brain on Arthur. 
That yeah, kind of that's... ruined all fucking trivia about voice actors. Don't worry, this lady was an NDP. Okay, that's good. <laughs> I'm back on board. <laughs> but, but yeah, so... shouter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means, but the the uh, I, like with with Ventress, I could see it being an animated show, but we're already getting such heavy emphasis on the Night Sisters in a live action show. So I don't know if it's likely to be. A, and in the heavy... Acolyte. I don't know if you picked that yeah. up. Was there green? Did you see green? No, that, that new lady, uh, she's, she's a, she's mother something and she's a witch. Oh, is that on the, on the databank? Yeah. I looked through most of them, but it was mostly just like, oh, here's some information on the heights of these characters. Yeah. So I might not. Damn, Carrie and Moss tall. Yeah, because I didn't make it to the last three. I got to Vernestra's and I was like, okay, this is the High Republic information that I already had, and then stopped. Mm. Uh, Mother Nisea, leader of the co- of a coven of witches who value their independence and the preservation of their beliefs and powers. Height one point seven five million. Is everyone one point seven meters? What? Everyone's 1.75 meters, basically. And Dara... Not Carrie Ann Moss. I'm pretty sure she's 1.7. Hmm. Well, what's Kelnaka at? He's got to be higher than 1.75. I'm going to put the over-under on 2.1 meters. Where are you going with it? Uh, over. Right, 2.29. Konaka, a Wookiee Jedi, is a loner who lives a solitary life. There you go. Yeah, I was. I think he's going to be killed. <laughs> no, I do. I like because I think that's why they're on. The way you said that. <laughs> yeah, I think he's going to be killed. I think I think he's going to be killed. No, I think that's why they're on Kashyyyk because hmm. he's a loner. So I think he's going to be a prime target. He's going to die. Someone's going to discover him, and then the. Hmm. Want to know my uh, my uh, my out there prediction Go for the for show? They are going to, as they're conducting the investigation, they're going to do street checks. No, I'm joking. Um, there's going to be a constitutional crisis. No, um, they're going to be looking for Jedi with specific skills um, to to track down the criminal. Obviously, we've got the martial artists like Carrie Ann Moss is a uh, she's like a fighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're going to find somebody who is skilled in psychometry. Okay. That's my just out there I prediction. See. I think that's not a bad prediction. Yeah. We don't have any examples of who that might be at this point. So nope. I mean we, we better we better just get Vernestra's light whip though. Is that a skill that they could be trying to pick up? Like she has a cool lightsaber. Do you think, like, if a Jedi gets freaky, they put the light whip on, like, stun mode and just, like, lightly... Do lightsabers have stun mode? Yeah, of course they do. They can turn, like, the potency down because they, they duel with them sometimes. There's the tra- No, because that's just because they're good at it. They have the training lightsabers, but those are different. And then they have I don't the know. I always had the impression you could use... You could turn the... You think fucking the- Tenel Ka got her arm cut off when there was a goddamn stun setting available? I'm pretty sure in that situation they specifically don't um, don't change it for training purposes. Okay, but maybe I'm wrong. I think you are. 
I there's a scene in Rebels. Uh, don't worry, Reddit answered this. There's a scene in Rebels where Kanan and Ezra are sparring, and the lightsabers are on a much lower setting. What is so. that? What What does that mean? What's a lower setting though? Uh, the trivia gallery says. The opening sparring match is the first on-screen appearance of a lightsaber in training mode. It has a dif- dimmer shine and produces a different sound upon uh, a s- different sound upon contact. It stings, but does not cut or burn. I definitely remember this happening in oh, EU books before. Okay, that's fine. I disavow, which is really what I'm getting to. You know I what? Feel- I, I don't even know if I can continue on with this podcast with that information out there. I didn't remember, did remember Luke putting his lightsaber on training mode and something. Then I just blocked it out because Tenelka lost her arm for nothing. Okay. No wonder Jason's a goddamn Sith. Like this is unacceptable. Chat, come on. All right. Anything else? Someone knows it. No, that's it. All right. So next week we will still be good. The 27th. Yeah. Should still be good for next week. All right. Because everyone's gone, so there's not going to be an X2 stream tomorrow night for those of you that normally watch those, because everyone that's not me and Charlie will be in Halifax, uh, and you're getting ready for moving. Yep. So we'll be trying to keep up with the the Wednesday episodes until that is no longer possible, but we'll try to cover everything where we can. So we'll have Uh, three more weeks of uh, fuckiness, and then we should be back to normal. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back here next week with some more Bad Batch discussions and anything else that comes up in the world of Star Wars. Bye-bye. Say it, but like 10% more creepy. Bye-bye. That was more like 15. Yeah, you, you overdid bye it. We'll work on that for next week. Bye-bye. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Tapcaf Transmissions. I am Corey, joined as always by Eckhart's Ladder. How are you doing tonight, Justin? I am uh, quite well. I'm enjoying life. Last Thursday in my house before the big move. That's so, true. Uh, yeah. How's uh, how's things coming together? They're coming together or coming down. Like upstairs in my, we're getting some new furniture. So like upstairs in my living room, we've got no couch. Uh, so we're sitting on like a, a kid's like a modular couch that the kids play with. <laughs> Did you sell uh, the other one? Y- yeah. Um, and the TV's just on the floor, so yeah, it's great. Living like absolute savages. Yeah. I, I mean, I've started getting my office together. You're going to be taking yours apart. Uh, you may notice uh, for the for the video listeners, video viewers, there's uh, there's some poster tubes, which Ooh. contain things from from Justin from last Christmas. There's also the uh, you'll see Thrawn right there. Mm-hmm. So everything's everything's coming together. Yeah, it's all but, coming uh, up, Corey. Have you got a, a layout plan for your office? I know that was something you were working on. Yeah, but... I think so. Um, it kind of depends. Like, my dream is I want to have, for one, like, my current setup, my door is right here, which I don't mind, but I've got a thing where I don't like my back to a door. I don't like people coming in and, like, looking over my shoulder. Um, I think it's from, like, having an office and, like, my old government jobs. I hated it. But... um. So I want to have like either facing the wall that the door is on or facing the center of the room. And then I want like a table next to me where I can put my old consoles, maybe have a TV there too. Uh, Other than that, you know, we'll see. 
What's your square footage compared to where you are now? Because you're in like it, it looks like mm. you have an office that's a decent size. In it's person, that office is like he's basically up against the Calyx right now. Like it's, yeah, it's, like if if I yeah, like it's I think I'm maybe nine feet or something from the the wall to the back wall. Uh, it's it's not a big office at all. My current one is just look. I actually have the dimensions up here. I think it's it's like slightly bigger. It's not it's not massive, but it's you know I'm I'm thinking maybe this one's seven feet by eight feet or something, mm -hmm. uh, maybe larger than that. And this new one is twelve and a half by ten. I think. I mean that's not bad. Like the area yeah. I'm in right now is a little bit bigger, but uh, mm -hmm. you don't have to talk about who's got a cozier office. It's fine. Yeah, like I, mean, I know I'm... you'd never do that to me. Talk about how cozy it's it's it's, no. it's fine. That'd be fucked up. Yeah, it's kind of rude. But tonight's main topic, we've got the Bad Batch Episode 9 of Season 3, The Harbinger. Uh, any other Star Wars news that has caught your fancy this week? Um, I'm trying to think. I, I know that screeners for a bunch of the episodes have went out, but not, uh, not, not the last one, from what I understand. And not to us, either, of course. We're, we're on the shit list still, for some reason. Um, I got X-Men 97, but I haven't gotten any. So did I, yeah, so I actually did too. Maybe they used a different company to do it, I don't know. But um, uh, reception seems to be good, so I'm excited to see what's going on with the rest of the season. I don't think there's been a ton of uh, been a ton of Star Wars news. We've got a new Essential Legends collection um, book covers, including, uh, I'm just looking now, we got Iron Fist, uh, so that's Wraith Squadron, book two, we got Lando Calrissian, which is actually my favorite of the Essential Legends collections uh, because it's just uh, it's just one of the old covers. Um, other than that, I I think it's been pretty slow. Anything you can think of? Uh, nothing that's official. I mean, like we, it's this is more tied to what happens in the episode that we're going to be talking about. But yeah. uh, we did get word from Jennifer Corbett that the story of why Asajj Ventress isn't currently dead is going to be told in other media, which probably means tales of the jedi uh but that's like more episode discussion than some new media uh but yeah. i didn't actually manage to update my address with the uh for physical mailing of a book review Ooh, i forgot about doing that shit i better do that yeah so i i was sure that i was going to email them they're like no, no who the fuck are you get off this list but they, they updated it so it, it worked out you better send me that email so i can do it uh, I just responded to one of the ones where they send you an audiobook, and I was like, hey, I look for the other stuff, but I don't know where to send this. Yeah, and they just updated it for me. How'd you put that but, stupid accent in the text? Uh, Is that two tildes. I well, I switched my my keyboard to UK. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's pretty easy, pretty easy. I think it's yeah. just Windows S, uh, or Windows Shift or something. It's I do it all the time by accent when I'm going between US and Canadian multilingual standard. There's UK as a third option. I just so. I only do one. I only I you know I only do American. Uh, I only do American English for me. Do you do you import your keyboards to not have to deal with the accidentally putting in a bunch of E's with accents? Well, you can set that in Windows settings. Yeah, but you can I don't think you can remove the thing entirely. You can. You can remove the Canadian multilingual. Oh. Well, I've done it. Oh, it's Windows plus space. I hit this like this has to be the thing that I hit accidentally more than anything else. But... Like a lot of laptops will have it like like will have it so you can't change that, which is really annoying. 
Um, I don't know. Uh, so I'm just I'm just reading some like some of the Bad Batch like reviews um, that people have been putting up. So what they've done is they've reviewed from episode ten to fourteen, so the next four episodes. Uh, I'm already there's only the fifteen, first... right? Or, what's that? There's only yeah, 15, there's fifteen. So everything but the finale. Uh, and I, I started off annoyed because the first person that I clicked on, they had me blocked on Twitter. No idea who they were. Um, I, they said, now that I've seen the second half of the Bad Batch final season, save for the finale, I have to say this is the Star Wars as you've never seen it before. Somehow they did it again. Emotional, high stakes, heartbreaking, and heartwarming all at once for yourself squad. And, and like, okay, listen. As somebody who gets early stuff sometimes, I always say... Be careful of people when they give these glowing early reviews. Mm-hmm. I do think people get caught up in the excitement of having something early and feeling special, yeah. which and is different from it being like, oh, they're intentionally lying about something. Like it's hard yes. to avoid the feeling like, oh, I'm part of this thing. This is exciting. Yeah. I'm trying to remember for me what the really big one of those was. I remember there was one and we talked about it on the show where I like, I was like, man, I, I don't trust a lot of people. Like, I, I nothing against them, but like, I don't, I just don't trust their judgment anymore. Was it me when I was saying I didn't really have that many problems with Jedi Survivor on the tech preview? Because I didn't. I didn't either. Because we were on their computers. Even, I mean, I just, I remember hearing a bunch of people talking about it afterwards that they'd gotten some lag. I wasn't getting it. I got a little. But. But yeah, I got they a had little like but supercomputers. Considering it was a yeah, for one, we were on 490s, I think. Um, and also there was the caveat that hey, this is a, a weird in-between build, so yeah. things are gonna be a little funky. Yeah. So it's like, okay, you're you, you know. Well, sorry, our fucking group chat, I gotta mute them. Um <laughs> but yeah, uh it's like I, I kind of assumed that it would be fine, and then I was I'm not going to lie. I was fairly sketched out by them um, not letting us use our own footage uh, for that event because they provided the footage. And that, to me, was a slightly questionable sign. And I I think they wanted us to, maybe, but there might have been some technical issues preventing it. Um, But yeah, that game launched quite messy. I think the I think the the book that I was thinking of was maybe the, the Princess and the Scoundrel where, like, people were like, this is incredible. It's like courtship princess leia but better and i didn't like it i mean there there's definitely a contingent of people who really strongly. oh yeah for sure yeah i think it might just be more of their like it it feels like it was the perfect book for a very specific subset of people that wasn't going to appeal as much to others and i think that's gonna happen sometimes but yeah it's kind of um, sad there's only five Bad Batch episodes left. That feels like I know, it's, very it's, few, especially with two coming out on next Wednesday because it's a two-parter next week. So the other reviews of Jordan Mason, uh, he gave a positive review as well. Uh, and Dr. Danielle, who is the final, who's in her final Bad Batch era apparently, also gave it a uh, positive review as well as the person who has me blocked. And those are the only three I've seen so far, but I'll keep an eye out. Um, all in all, I don't doubt that it's going to be quite good. So, yeah. So, the Harbinger was this week's episode. Uh, 
aptly titled because I, I think it is really setting up for what the end game for a lot of these characters might be. Uh, we, of course, have the return of Asajj Ventress. Uh, we have testing Omega for Force Sensitivity. And we have uh, a little bit of the Bad Batch having to deal with the prospect of Omega not being with them someday. Um, yeah. Crosshair but it was also was nice cr to see Crosshair. Quite, yeah. He was very protective, which I liked. Um, yeah. But let's just talk about the title. For, for me, the Harbinger, I, I think it was referring to I mean, obviously Ventress, but I think specifically her warning at the end mm -hmm. where she's like, You're, you guys aren't as safe here as you think. Yeah. And so I think we're probably going to get the, the Pabu attack next episode. Maybe. Yeah, that would explain why it would be a two-parter kind of mm -hmm. heating up with that. Uh, and that might also be why Fee is a bit more directly involved in some of the heists that come later. Because uh, mm -hmm. it, it is kind of weird to me still that we got so much in the trailer that mm -hmm. we're this deep into the season. There's a good chunk of footage that we haven't seen yet. I kind of yeah. wish Ventress hadn't been in the trailer as well. Yeah. Uh, but she's definitely really done, I think, stuff. in this show anyway. Yeah. I. What do you think about her, like this setting up for the possibility that Ventress is the next person to have a Star Wars animated series about them? I, I actually do think it's possible. Um, People are saying Tales of the Jedi, and I, I know you mentioned that too, and that makes sense. I guess it would fit into when she was being trained, probably, and then maybe jump forward a bit. Uh, or I mean, who, who knows, really? Uh, I, I liked her. Just, I know you didn't ask this, but I, I thought her, they did a good <laughs> job with the character, like especially having Red Dark Disciple. It definitely did feel honest to like that version of the character. Um, and one thing we talked about is like when we read the novel is to what degree did Dark Disciples sort of keep in line with the original Clone Wars scripts? And it seemed pretty clear that it stayed very close based on like some of the stupid shit that made it into the book. <laughs> the, um, the very bad structure of that book. Yeah, and given like how she acted in this, uh, which does seem to be like a continuation of that version of Ventress, um, it definitely feels like you can sort of see the connective tissue. So I like that. Um and yeah, I mean, based on everything that we've we've read um, about, you know, Ventress, how they are going to explain her and how there's more ahead for her. Um, we even got, you know, th there was an interview with Omega's actress that I saw from a, a smaller uh, publication. They were talking about how she could be set up for a big place in the universe moving forward. So, yeah, I think that the, there definitely is a potential for the the Ventress Omega, you know, show. And to me, one of the big things is this show is just not wrapped up. Like it's just not, there's, there's, you know, what five, is there five episodes left? And th they're not going to be able to wrap this up in a, in a way that, that, that finishes everything. Yeah. Uh, they can transition it, I think, which is what they will do. And honestly, what star Wars, the clone wars ended up doing where different characters become focused, but it's still telling, you know, the same overall story. So I think yeah. that, yeah, Ventures could be one of the focal points moving forward. Yeah, like the the two things that I've seen most are people saying it's a possibility for a Ventress show, because we do know there is another show coming. We've talked about it on the podcast a lot of what that might be. Yeah. Uh, like the, the two possibilities I've seen are Ventress and Rex and Cody, or Rex and, uh, and Echo being followed as its own show. But yeah. I really don't think that's going to be what happens. Like, I would bet money against that.
but I'd be willing to bet money on Ventress and Omega as a new buddy cop comedy situation going forward. Uh, yeah, like they've done enough with Rex, I think, especially where he's so prominent in the Clone Wars. Yeah. Um, and will probably be in Ahsoka at some point as well. Um, yeah, I don't I don't see that being the thing. The big rumor that like was going around was like a crime lord show. Um that's like I heard that from someone who I thought was pretty trustworthy. Um I mean I can see that tying into what Ventress is doing anyways, because yeah. she was being a bounty hunter and having that be a way to get in some sort of broader galactic angle plus the train like Jedi-ish angle without making it be about directly we're killing the Empire in this again. Yeah, the the way that I heard it was I actually try to find the message because maybe Ventress was message, but the way that like I had it described to me was Darth Maul would be featured in it and it would feature Kira. Now, again, this was somebody who I know was working on some projects and like, but in a kind of minor capacity, so it could be complete bullshit. But uh, I like the idea of a Ventress show better, I think, than more Darth Maul. But I think the biggest thing they are setting up for in this episode is that really reinforcing that no matter what the Bad Batch tries, there's a limit to how safe they're able to keep her. And there's a limit to how much Omega is going to be able to do on her own uh, with like she's good at stuff, but she's not like we, we have the pop when when the emperor wants you and when it's force related, you're going to start getting the inquisitors coming into play uh, as yeah. they're trained up in the next little while. And Ventress just came all in. Their asses. Yeah, yeah, like there's nothing Hunter, Crosshair, and Wrecker can do against anyone with the kind of force training that the Grand Inquisitor would have, even at this point, as a Temple Guard. Like, so if yeah. people start coming after Omega, her being with Ventress is going to be a lot safer than her being with the rest of the Bad Batch. Yeah, and they're probably going to be reminded of that next episode as well. Because, like, Pabu has been this, like, literal oasis. Um, and yeah, I, th I think they're going to be, I think they'll probably be remember reminded of the power of the empire. Unfortunately. Yeah. You never, did you watch Korra? No, I didn't. No, I watched the first one obviously and really liked it, but I, I just never got around to watching Korra. Yeah, the, the fire ferret, uh, one of the characters pets. That's basically the new Appa. Uh, but I was thinking of Oppo, which is Fire Ferret, the name. Yeah, but the its name is Pabu, so I feel like the name was came from Korra. Oh, no, I was thinking of what's the little monkey they have? Uh, Momo. Oh yeah, I was thinking of Momo. Momo is kind of yeah. I guess Pabu is like more big... of a new Momo. Yeah, because Oppo is the thing they fly on, right? Yeah, the yeah. Thing they fly. Wow, you yeah. better not let Avatar Twitter hear you talk like that. I really like Avatar, but like. Avatar to me feels a lot like Star Wars Rebels, like yeah, which I love. Um, and I am due to rewatch it because it's a very cozy, comfortable show. I uh, but I kind of want to wait till my kids are a bit older because like I don't want to watch it by myself again and then you know watch it again in two years or whatever. Um, so get the kids but I like it. I, I actually do remember watching it when it first came out. I don't even know what year it was, but I remember seeing it on TV and. Like, I wasn't following it, but, like, I knew, oh, Aang can control all the elements, whereas, like, the bad guys are fire, and most of the good guys are water, and the the air guys are all gone. So I kind of remember the basic details. 
Speaking of people who are all evil and some of whom are all gone, we do have Ventress back as a Night Sister. Mm. Uh, what are your thoughts on her not being dead? Yeah, um, like I, I remember it, it was. It's kind of hard because I don't remember. I I assume I read the book at some point, but I might not have. I don't. So I don't know how I would have read that scene without the knowledge that she returns. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you did a good job of explaining it where, yeah, like, I, I think we both agreed when, when we were discussing it, that there's enough there that they can make it happen. You know, you got night sister planet, you got the color green, like you can bring a character back if you want water of life. Yeah. So, on the other hand, if she stays dead, it's just like, okay, it's, you know, night sister energy is returning to the planet, whatever. Yeah. Um, so like when I initially read it, I thought like she was intended to be dead for good. Um, and I do think that was probably the intention, but I also think it was purposefully written with enough leeway that if they want to bring her back, they can. Yeah. Like the, I'm okay with the, I don't love characters coming back from the death or from the death from death. Uh, I'm more okay with it because I feel like she shouldn't have died the way she did. I think it's kind of, of, I didn't love that as an end for her character. So that probably makes me a bit more charitable towards it than I otherwise would be. Uh, but I feel like of any character coming back, the the context surrounding Ventress and how she died and then the end of that book makes it about as forgivable as it could probably be. Yeah. And the one thing that I really disagree with, the one criticism I really disagree with is, oh, this is shows just running roughshod over whatever the books because they just want to ignore it. Because I feel like that really ignores the context of what's going on and the fact that as a book, this was made from the Clone Wars episode scripts. So yeah. it's like there's a lot more overlap in who's going to be involved in those decisions. Uh, so if it was another book, then I'd be more uh, I'd be more sympathetic to that because that does happen fairly often. Like we see the differences in Ahsoka's story from Tales. Oh, Dameron, to, probably the biggest one. Uh, we have... Uh, but like with with Ventress, we we have so many references to uh, to Night Sister magic being a whole thing, and I I have a kind of half formed thought on this after I read this uh, this excerpt from Unlimited Power, an RPG source book from FFB on the Water of Life, uh, okay. created using something the Night Sisters of Dathomir called Spirit Icker. The so called Water of Life is a glowing green liquid that can heal wounds and even return the mostly dead back to life so clearly ventress is an rpg character so that makes it all perfectly fine too okay this my, she got a good role basically yeah like have you like you've seen princess bride so it's a miracle mm-hmm. max situation mostly dead still partly alive she got zapped who dies from being zapped obi-wan's no bad at checking for pulses so like it all it all just comes together ventress is fine but the I feel like the Night Sisters are in a kind of interesting position in general with lore building where they're gonna be in everything in the next year, apparently. Yeah, where they're like the next big part of what Thrawn's doing. Uh in the gaming side, Fallen Order is like the big game line right now, and Marin's such a big part of that. And now in the animated side of things, we have Ventress that she's gonna be playing more of a role. And I feel like Star Wars is less comfortable with the idea of writing like look at this evil culture kind of thing 
uh where like everything the night sisters have to do is dark and like all the resurrection stuff we've seen from them before is like here's some zombies coming from a from an evil dead tree mm-hmm. so i feel like there is evil a bit dead of an attempt tree. to do you remember what that tree does in evil dead no okay probably suck some people off i don't know pretty close at least the remake is there a tree in the original i don't remember <laughs> i don't know but I, I feel like they, with them not wanting to make everything about the Night Sisters the evil, is... anyway, sorry, they can think about that tree. They're gonna play a bit more with life and death and have like the, whatever Thrawn's doing is obviously not super epic. But Marin and Ventress, I don't think, are supposed to be seen as evil characters. So I don't know. No, yeah, that formed thought, but no, I, that that was good. It, like Marin, you know, she did. Like in Star Wars Legends, even it was a bit more complex where like not all Dathomiri witches are bad. Some of them are very bad. Well, the witches were good. It was the Night Sisters were all evil. And now we don't have the witches at all. We just have the Night Sisters. So Yeah. So that's like where this the distinction did kind of break down. Um Yeah. Um, what was I gonna say? No, I, th- I think you're right. I'm curious to see kind of how they handle it's they they have, you know, done a bit of a because like even in the Clone Wars, the witches are like just they use zombies. You know, they're not pretty. They're not really very chill. Yeah. Um, Like they're very much shown where like Towson is kind of, if anything, a rival to Palpatine for evil power in the mm-hmm. in the dark side. Um, and I feel like they're less interested in portraying this like local culture and their relationship with the force as being this entirely evil thing. One thing that like I was thinking when you were talking mostly about like replacing um, like replacing the, the book. I like I also do think there's a difference when you know someone who really loves the character who has like a really good vision for the character comes in and make something, you know, especially a character that was left dormant, like Asajj, you know, if Asajj was left dormant, there hadn't been any plans for her. Someone comes in and writes like a really great book, you know, that takes the character in a really interesting direction, maybe reignites fan interest in the character, um, tells a completely new story. And then that's completely ignored. That would be far worse than like, someone's basically making a novel version of the clone wars and maybe they're changing some some details or maybe not yeah but like this is also everything we're seeing with ventress as a character in this is so much more based on dark disciple yeah and benefits from dark disciple where like we're seeing the resurrection that might not make as much sense or not resurrection the redemption that might not make as much sense to someone who's only seen the clone wars and doesn't know kind of what's motivating ventress right now uh, and like I, I don't know if I'm at, if this is actually true, but like it looks like the texture is intended to have some of the lightning scars on it. Yeah, I was wondering that too. I was like trying to look at her old face. Yeah, like it looks like it's meant to be that because like all the other characters, you have some scars on the Bad Batch, but like Omega's face and the other characters' faces are relatively clean. But I don't know if she was just like rolling around in some dirt before she found them. But it looks like lightning. It looks like. Yeah, it's so supposed like, to be that and we have yeah. the reference obviously to still have some lives left like this i i don't think anyone should have had the expectation whatever your opinion on her being back that she would walk out of her ship and give a big 
exposition speech to the Bad Batch about how I was dead, but I got better. Like, yeah, because nobody it. saw the clone. Like, nobody saw. Like, so many people have seen the Clone Wars. So few people have read Dark Disciple. Yeah, because it stunk. And that's why I feel like <laughs> that's why I feel like Tales of the Jedi would be where that gets addressed rather than the next so show. If it maybe is Tales of the. What if we got like a like a Dark Disciple miniseries? Would that be stupid or would that be cool? Like as part of Tales? No, like as its own little like stories of the Clone Wars. Like specifically about Ventress or about like different. Yeah, like no, like a Dark Disciple, like just like another, like another, you know, story arc. Yeah, that could be good, but I don't know. I just don't feel like they're going to go back to the Clone Wars itself with that. Like, I feel like anything Ventress gets is going to bring her forward from this point rather than like mm-hmm. maybe one or two episodes exploring that kind of thing, like her death, maybe some of what she was doing in the Clone Wars. But we just yeah. have so much of that already. Like so much of her character before was the Clone Wars. And I feel like if they want to take her in this more like redeemed direction, going back to that well, you don't really get all that much from it. Because it's just going to be more of her doing weird little missions for Dooku that we know can't work unless it's just her assassinating some like local planetary leader, which I guess like that could be interesting of seeing one of her successful missions where she's not just losing a duel to Obi-Wan. But yeah. Yeah, I'm just trying to like, I guess my point is they need to convey to Clone Wars fans. Oh, yeah, she did die at some point. Yeah, it, it sounds like that's going to be the case unless by content Corbett meant just like. Maybe there'll be a book about that someday. I don't care. <laughs> but it yeah. didn't seem to be what she meant by that. So, yeah. Uh, but I think that I think that covers most of Ventress for now until she shows back up in something. I do agree with you. There's not going to be any more Ventress in this season. No. Uh, unless she like shows up at the end. No, uh, I don't think so. I mean, they even made it kind of, yeah, I will say she could show up at the very end, uh, but they even made it. Like pretty clear that the show's not going to explain. They're like, we're going to leave that for future material. Yeah, yeah, I just mean like if she comes to like pick up Omega from school or something. Or, <laughs> yeah, like there, there's no way Bad Batch is going to explain a death that people who are only watching the shows don't really know happened. Yeah, maybe the show will end with like her going in her shuttle or something. Yeah. Um, I I really liked the 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 lighting and the the action in this episode. I'm tired. I'm. I've already said it. I'm tired of the the big monsters. There's another one. I like sea. Yeah. Mo- I really like sea monsters though, so that was okay. Um, so but, you, uh, you don't want monsters unless they're a little moist. Yeah. No, they got to be very moist. Okay. That's that's fair, I guess. But um, I, I'm kind of done with them in general. So yeah. But I know I like. I was gonna say though. I I I preferred the scene where she was running up to get the flower. I just liked how like the lightning was. The sun was setting while well, it was all happening. There was the fight. It was pretty, pretty cool. I did love the execution of that on Ventress's part. Like that is very much the let's play the who can be quiet the longest game with my nephews mm-hmm. where <laughs> run over there and grab a thing so I can fight your yeah. dad brothers. Oh, yeah, I've done that before. The quiet game or fight dad brothers. I mean, I'm like, let's see which one of you kids can beat the other one up more. Daddy's got. I don't know if you want to admit to that on a no, because Imogen would definitely win. She's she's brutal. She's 
She's only three, but she's <laughs> she's a scrapper. No. Well, did Imogen ever manage to come back with a flower from having or a leaf, a palm, whatever it was, petal? With I mean, she's definitely picked up grass and stuff before, so yeah. Could could Imogen ride Remy or Murphy? Oh yeah, yeah. Murphy for sure. Remy's like hip her hips would probably go out, but Murphy for sure. So what do you so where are you at with not Imogen with Omega being force sensitive? I mean, I thought it was pretty clear from season one she was. Uh like they've been hinting at it a bit. Um, someone's gonna go find one of my older reviews where I'm like, yeah, no, I don't think she is. But no, I I, I can't remember if it was season one or season two where it was kind of being hinted at more and more. Yeah. Um and then obviously episode one of season three or episode two, one of the first ones shown made it pretty clear that she's got, you know, the elevated M count. So obviously she's got something going on. Um and it seems to be a thing where it was, you know, scientifically induced, which is different. Um, so curious to see where that goes. I don't, I, I don't know whether she'll actually train, but she's clearly got something going on. Yeah, like the... she's also got like luck, and you know, she's yeah. like I, I, nothing in this episode taken alone really shows her force sensitivity. I, I think so. I got some pushback on this because of people saying that the test earlier on in season three is uh not necessarily showing force sensitivity which is true but we mm -hmm. don't know so it's showing fundamentally what hemlock is testing for is that like seeing whether the samples will degrade with uh either metachlorians added or some of the thing that's going to show what happens if metachlorians are added mm -hmm. and well that isn't itself necessarily a test for metachlorians that we know of the reason that a sample might be able to stay stable could be because there are metachlorians still present. We don't yeah. know what the mechanism is, and we also don't know whether Hemlock knows what the mm -hmm. mechanism is. And if he did, that might change what they're looking for. And maybe that's why there are there are so many bounties out for high M-count individuals, not just uh, Force sensitives and Jedi who are going to oppose the regime. Uh, but I feel like this episode, taken on its own, the tests, even though Omega fails the first test, kind of passes the second with Batcher and doesn't really accomplish much in the third. I feel like using these specific tests was done on purpose to show the evidence we already have for why Omega would have an elevated M counter before sensitive. Like, and I feel like Ventress saw it as well, where Ventress, if you think about Ventress, the first thing you think isn't she's going to talk about the connection between life and how some people have this enhanced empathy, like the life force, like other life will connect to you. That's not something we've ever seen from her before. And it's probably not the first test she'd go to, mm -hmm. but that is something we've very much seen from Omega with how both humans and non center animals, non aliens are drawn to her. And that's something that Batcher does the whole time. So I think that's why that is chosen specifically when explaining this to Omega. Yeah, I mean, that that makes sense. And one thing I'm also kind of wondering more about is, like, if she did gain force sensitivity, is it possible that rather than it being an actual test, it was just a roll of the dice? Like, mm -hmm. like she just happened to be force sensitivity, like, force sensitive? Like, not that the Kami no ones were doing, 
we're doing testing on her, which I think is what we're meant to believe, but maybe it was just, you know, roll the dice. Well, Nala say knew that something was going on in that direction, but I think, I I don't think it's going to be because of something that Nala say induced. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like that would be validating too much of what the empire's doing. Uh, where I think Omega is supposed to be the antithesis of that, mm-hmm. where it's just like, oh, we're going to exploit the force and exploit this other life to make Palpatine live forever versus Omega is empathetic and connects with life and all that. Mm-hmm. They obviously do find out something because Palpatine ends up having nice clones for him to live in, but not great ones because he still wants Ray. Yeah, and his own like son didn't work for him. Yeah, Dathan so, wasn't force sensitive, so no, he's just a loser. That's why he called him Dathan. Well, he didn't call him Dathan. He called himself Dathan. That's Dathan. true. I yeah, I didn't really love that book, but <laughs> he was alone, so he was. I don't know. Was it the Shadows of the Sith that actually explained? Because I know there was some of it in the novelization, but I don't remember if I'm pretty sure that was from. Or the name at least. Okay. You did like I know the name came before. I think the name might have even been in the movie, like in the credits or something, but no, I mean the source for the name. Oh yeah. It was definitely named before, but I mean like the the source for the name I think was from Foreshadow the Sith. Hmm. Which you did like. So don't even give me that. I liked it. I didn't love it though. I think I think think it was a You both rated it pretty high. Oh, did we? Okay. Oh, I'll, I'll see if that's true. But because it was like that and Brotherhood that we read pretty close together. And then we both. Thought... Brotherhood wasn't bad from what I remember. Also, Yeah, we both gave Shadow of the Sith uh, an A. Okay. I guess I'm full or no, shit. we gave it a B. Never mind. That's yeah. It's... Yeah. It's not bad. No. Yeah. All right. So if you're putting your money down now, are you thinking that Omega is going to be with whoever's left of the bad batch by the end of the season or no i mean i'm like, trying to is, think of is like she leaving the season staying with them afterwards or not she's obviously going to be with them until the end of the season i mean i've been trying to think of like what the central message is that they're going to try to show um and yeah i do think it is going to be that we can't protect you and sometimes you got to let the the bird you know fly the nest and Join us as Ventress or whomever. That is usually how that's set up. Is you got to let the birds leave the nest and join us as Ventress. Yeah. I don't know that I, if I had kids, that I'd leave them in Ventress's custody. But I mean, maybe with hair, it's a bit more likely. But um, it was kind of odd seeing Ventress like. I was like, man, was her jaw always like that? And yeah, it was. Yeah, she she was very, very shallow, sallow cheekbones. Yeah. Yeah. And sure, that, yeah. that extends all the way back from Tartakovsky. So. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and that's that's, I guess, my point. Like, it's weird that the shows are getting more and more realistic, but Ventress is just continuing to look super weird. I don't. I don't think she looks. It's really just the jaw for me, where it looks like the jaw is like the most Tartakovsky, like things just hanging on. I guess. 
it's it's not that pronounced in Bad Batch. It's more like a pointy chin in Bad Batch, and maybe really pointy cheekbones. Mm-hmm. She she is definitely more sunk in in uh, in Clone Wars. Yeah, but somehow less pointy too. Gonna need to put some people researching that. I don't know. And any of my any of my my uh, venturous phrenologists friends to show up, please. I don't I don't want to deal with that part of the fandom. Get your uh, get your measuring tools out. Your calipers. Calipers, yeah. The fact that I was able to name that and you didn't have the moment. Elgin's gonna be some stupid for a minute. With that. Yeah, I'll bring that up later tonight. Well, he's he's definitely watching. But uh, yeah, anything else we want to talk about from the episode? How are you feeling about uh, Crosshair integrating the Bad Batch? I, Crosshair, I, I really like it. It's, it's you know, I I like the moment when they're on the shuttle and she's like, well, I didn't give up on you, did I? Um, and yeah, and I just, he softened up pretty quickly, but I, I kind of, I kind of like that. Yeah, I like that they're, at least on the topic of protecting Omega, they all yeah. seem to be on the same page again. Yeah, he, he pulled his gat out instantly. Yeah. But like there, there's more of an implicit trust between the three of them that he's yeah. going to do the right thing by Omega, at least. Because for yeah. the last few episodes, there's been so much of like, oh, do we trust Crosshair? Mm. And that gets a little bit tiresome when we know that he's not like as an audience that he's not going to do anything. Yeah. Just because why would they write that? Yeah. So I'm glad to to move past that a little bit. No, he's been great. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, 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 I think he's gonna die for sure. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> he's dead. I don't. I don't think he is. I think he's the least likely of the bad batch to die. I, I would. I mean, I'd be happy at this point to see any of them. I do like when uh, the three got knocked out. She immediately went to Wrecker though first. Do you do you do do you join the uh, the crosshair in Assage shipping with the disgusting ship name that's come for it? No. And what's the ship name? What do you think? Assage and crosshair. <laughs> it's crossage. Ass hair. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's pretty good. Nasty. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we're gonna leave it there for. For this week, we've got. Uh, are you, you going to be able to do? Probably not. Yes, next week. So yeah, probably not. We'll see. Maybe on Wednesday, but it'll be an it'll be an iffy. All right. Well, we'll figure something out. I will talk about it here. Maybe get in like Zach yeah. and Elkin to fill in for you or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a double up for that. But we are going to be doing some streaming over on YouTube.com/slash ECKSTOO, uh, celebrating the the final stream in this office for yep. for Eck. It's been a long been a long journey. It's the only constant that's been there. My office has changed like three times. Charlie's office has changed multiple times and who knows Probably if that happen again. a few more. <laughs> and but this one this one's been there forever even when you weren't on camera. So it's a big deal. That'll be on youtube.com slash E-C-K-S-T-O-O and twitch.tv slash Corey Loses. We're probably going to play some shooty games. Mm-hmm. 
do you have anything to say to the nice folks out there? Thanks for all the streams. I mean, it's also, uh, you know, it's the last half calf in the office too. So yeah, that's 170 episodes, uh, in many YouTube videos and, and, uh, not all the YouTube videos though. I will say I started in some, I've, I've but it's, it's been fun. So I'll, I'll try to do something next week, but, uh, if not, see you when we see you. Bye everyone. Bye.